watercolors. You have to look it up. WP. It says we're preparing live stream, but if I have learned anything, I've learned it says that we're live on YouTube. I'm we're right. actually <laughs> live right now. Absolutely. Hang on. Turning my volume down. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Divi Chat. So glad y'all are here. As you can see, we've got a big panel because we've got a great topic. Today, we're going to talk about imposter syndrome. Before we tell you what we mean by that, why don't we go around and introduce all of these awesome people here. And we're going to start with ladies first. And Leslie's just to my left right here on my screen. So hi, Leslie. Hi, um, I'm Leslie Burnell of A Girl in Her Mac. I'm down here in San Antonio, Texas. And you can find me at agirlinhermac.design. Awesome. Hi, Tammy. Hello, everyone. I'm Tammy Grant from Orlando, Florida of Sunflower Creatives. You can find me at sunflowercreatives.com. Fantastic. Hi, Sarah. Hi, I'm Sarah Oates from Endure Web Studios. You can find me at endure.com.au or Endure Web on the socials. Fantastic. And hey, Nathan, long time no see. Hey, yeah, good to be back finally. Uh, my name's Nathan B. Weller. Don't search for Nathan Weller, that's not me. Um, I'm, uh, I'm part of the Elegant Themes team. I uh, manage the content team there at Elegant Themes. And um, I'm based out of Columbus, Ohio. So glad to have you here, Nathan. All right, Jerry, you hadn't been on in a long time. He's been vacationing on us. So I've gotten very old since the last time. I turned 40 <laughs> in uh, the month of May, and I was looking at the schedule. I haven't been on since April, so uh, it's great to be back with you, coming uh, in from Southern California, and looking forward to seeing many of you at WordCamp Orange County uh, this coming weekend, so can't wait Boom. to see you. I think everybody but Sarah is going to be I'm there. I'm going to cry. <laughs> oh. Who's bringing the Tim Tams? Come on. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> now you guys are gonna have an awesome time, and I hope lots of new people come as well. Absolutely. I think I hope it'll be great. Definitely. Are we, are we calling for me, Mr. Blackman? Yeah. Uh, Corey Jenkins. Uh, you can find me at AspenGroveStudios.com, Divi.space, and most recently, PotentPlugins.com. Happy to be here. Boom. Awesome, man. So glad you're here, Tim. Hey everybody, Tim Streifler here, and I am broadcasting from Round Rock, Texas, which is in the tech in the Austin, Texas area. And Leslie gets mad when I say the Austin <laughs> Texas area instead of where I'm actually based. Um, and you can find me online at timstreifler.com, divylife.com, and wpgears.com. Fantastic. You know, I was just about to say, Tim, that Leslie's got you trained well. <laughs> <laughs> My name is David Blackman with Aspen Grove Studios, Divi Space, WPGears.com as well. Really glad to be here. This is a, a, you know, when this topic came up on the sheet and I, I kind of looked up, you know, what the definition of this was, I thought, man, that was me my first couple of years, you know. Uh, WordPress is such an awesome platform that there's so many different angles that you can come at from to make a living with it that, you know, sometimes you may feel like you suffer from imposter syndrome. Do I really belong here and stuff? So without further ado, I'm going to throw it over to our definition guy and let Tim kind of <laughs> tell you what the direction of this episode is going to be by defining you know, what imposter syndrome is. Yeah. And I'll be honest, I had to, to look it up. Um, because I, I had never heard of it by this name or the term imposter syndrome, but Essentially, imposter syndrome is a feeling of inadequacy, a feeling of self-doubt where you don't feel like you are good enough to be doing what you're doing. And um, I mean, this isn't like a new concept. It's psychologists have been talking about it for years, but I think it's really relevant with uh, freelancers, web designers, web developers um, for a lot of reasons. One, a lot of time you're kind of isolated, you're by yourself, uh, you're the, you know, sole business owner, you're the top dog. So there's no one giving you positive affirmation, like a boss giving you kudos when you do something right or the opposite when you do something wrong. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's a, a big part of it is, is kind of that entrepreneurial 
uh, isolation that, that comes with the territory. Um, and so it gets talked about a lot. And then another thing too, and I, David, I don't know if you wanted me to go off this far into a tangent, but I'm going to anyway. Oh, um, <laughs> another reason is with the online world, it's like you're almost competing at a global level. And so, uh, even though you're, you're might be building a website for the guy down the street, you feel like you're being measured against people all over the world. And, and in some cases you are. And so the feeling of like, Oh, I'm not good enough to be doing this because you know, there's someone in a, another country that, you know, will charge significantly less and knows way more than I am or, or whatever. So yeah, that's kind of a brief summary there. That's a, uh, thanks for doing that. That's a perfect definition. I guess my, my first question to, the panel here is, have any of you guys ever felt this way? Have you felt like you've, or, or, or you know, suffered from imposter syndrome? Well, you calling I'll us out right first. now, Dave? Come I'll on, man. Wow. I'll, I'll answer first and say yes. You know. I still suffer from it. Like I, yeah, I was like, does this I go away? Like <laughs> it does, Nathan, it does go away because I don't feel like that anymore. But, <laughs> well, you're I, the I unicorn, David. Like, I, I'm I I feel almost certain that I'm not alone in saying that there are always elements to my life where I feel like I'm not really sure if I'm quite cut out to be doing what I'm doing. I think I felt like that my entire life. I felt like that in high school. Felt like I, you know, was just trying to fit in and I was trying to be cool enough and I was trying to wear the right clothes, but I felt like I was completely out of my depth. And then like starting my business, of course, you're going to feel like that when you first start your business. But then if you're not continuing to feel it, I'm not sure if you're continuing. I don't mean this offensively to David, so don't That's take it. That's okay. Hit me I don't know if you're, I mean, I feel like you're building your business like crazy, so you'll be fine. But like, if you're not continuing to feel this, then maybe you're sitting in a comfort zone. Like maybe you're not continuing to expand and continuing to grow and continuing to enter new areas that are scary because I feel like since I started my business, I have completely felt out of my depth and like everything I'm doing is great and I'm so glad I'm doing it, but it's like, I'm nervous. What if I don't have what it takes to pull off what I'm saying I can pull off right now? Um, so I don't know. I almost feel like I, it's a part of running a small business. Is I think, I, th- I think you just scared the crap out of Corey Jenkins over there. <laughs> You know, he's like off. he's like comfort zone we got 50 million things going on right now dave gets to go do some more stuff no i, I mean i i see what you know sarah's saying that you know there's imposter syndrome I, I don't think it's it's a bad thing and in essence it's it's insecurity and it's yeah. you pushing yourselves into new places that you haven't that you haven't been before and surrounding yourself by people what gets this? I mean, there are people out there smarter, smarter than us. I mean, and you should always be, you know, going to that next level. And, and I, I don't think it has to be to a, t- a point to where, you know, you're, you know, so insecure and like, you know, afraid to talk to people, but you should always be pushing yourself and always feel a little bit insecure and, and keep, keep raising that bar. Um, it, it's, it's not a bad thing. Yeah. I think there's a breaking point or a tipping point rather between healthy um discomfort and like crippling self-doubt you know like there's I'm ventilating in a corner yeah. <laughs> yeah, like... yeah, yeah crying in the shower like curled up <laughs> i'm not suggesting that i'm not i'm not saying go that far <laughs> no but to your point i think it's you're right there is is good that is positive in a way to um keep yourself in a, in a state of mild discomfort most of the time to where you always feel like Oh, I need to work today. Like I need to, I need to dig in. I need to fully engage. But if that like tips into, you know, this is so daunting that I'm just, I freeze up then, you know, then yeah. something. Yeah. Something and and, and the first time I was, I was interviewed by you, Nathan, like, you know, for, <laughs> I, I did have that insecurity. I mean, it was like, what, like three years ago, probably. And, um, you know, you're out here in front of all these other professionals who do what you do and you have, you know, insecurity slash imposter mm-hmm. syndrome and, uh, um, now I, I personally wouldn't be as, as, um, afraid to do that show as I was back then, because we we've come so far, but, um, I, you know, that, to me, that's exactly what it is being, uh, evaluated by your peers and, and things like that. Or it's even just a perceived being evaluated by your peers. Like there's, there's this thing of, um, like maybe you meet someone else in the Divi community or you meet someone at a word camp or whatever. And there's that thing of, 
admiring their work and feeling like, oh, they must feel so comfortable and they just look like they've got it all together. And it's like you feel like they are judging you for who you are and you feel like I'm not like I don't feel like I've got it all together on the inside. Like, yeah, I'm pulling off a few websites, but like inside I don't always feel that confident that you feel like everyone around you is judging you and like they all have it together even though they may not. They may not feel as together as they look like they are. Yeah, Yeah, one of the – oh, sorry, go go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. Um, Well, well, one of the most uh, helpful things I read um, on this topic was a psychologist's recommendation of just, like, perspective. And he said that, you know, if you're comparing yourself to someone else today, you're always going to – like you're always going to set yourself up to potentially like feel inadequate. But if you compare yourself to yourself yesterday, then there's usually some growth there that you can point to, or, or at least like lessons or that you've learned that you can feel positive about. And so like comparing yourself to yourself in the past is a great way to, um, you know, keep that, that fear at bay or that inadequacy at bay. And particularly if you're able to keep yourself from overreaching, you know, like uh, you know, combining, a constant mindfulness of like your, your current progress with not overreaching into areas that you're truly not competent in. You can, (laughs) you can keep an even keel. Which is a balance, right? Because like like we said, you, you're always wanting to grow. And in some ways you'll never grow if you never step out of your comfort zone. And if you never take on a job that you're not quite sure how you're going to pull off, but you feel like it's only just beyond that boundary. Like Mm -hmm. it's achievable, but you don't feel comfortable. Um, but if you always stay within what you know you can achieve, then you're never going to grow further either. So, yeah, it's it's a, a very tricky balance, I think. Yeah, I And think, inevitably um, you're going to sometimes step way too far out of your comfort zone and have a rough time for a little while. <laughs> but as long as you can get through it, you can learn from that too. Yeah, I I've think dealt with me. the imposter oh. syndrome for the last 20 years. It just never goes away. It's, it's sort of like... A, a seesaw you go up and down I think one of the main things that kind of helped me is when I, I get positive affirmation from my clients that always uh, helped me ground me and let me know that I am on the right track and I'm I'm doing the right things um, even when I've been challenged um, being able to overcome those challenges and hear those uh, oh my gosh I just love you I love the work you did for me it just makes things so much better so that's actually kept me balanced even when I feel a little discouraged from all the talent that's out there (laughs) it's a lot (laughs) it's really tricky and especially if you're in the DV community sorry David I know you're that's okay (laughs) (laughs) that's okay that's okay Sarah oh I I think it's tricky there are so many talented people and we're constantly surrounding ourselves by more and more talented people which makes that extra tricky that's what I was gonna say anybody else want to talk go david go take it um yeah i was gonna say uh, that i'm just kidding <laughs> tim does that to me all the time i'm used to him doing it um, i was gonna go back to what nathan said i'm really i'm really glad that you brought that up because i know in the beginning i said that i don't really have the same type of imposter syndrome i did in the beginning because i don't and it has to do with web design and web development and stuff in the beginning I didn't belong. I was a fish out of water, but WordPress was such a, uh, there was so much information online that I felt like I could do it. You know, uh, when I started getting clients and stuff and they started paying me money, it was like, Oh my God, you know, if these people really knew, you know, that they're paying thousands of dollars to this guy while he's learning how to build (laughs) websites, uh, you know, it was kind of scary and stuff. And then, I just realized that through time that, you know, I was, I was good enough and stuff. And then I kept growing, like you said, and I think about for me, what's closest to me right now is the marketing aspect of online marketing. When I met Corey Hammond, a good friend of a lot of ours, um, I mean, he had just, his information and his knowledge just was like mind blowing to me. And I could never even see myself there. And oddly enough, Nick Roach was talking to me about the things that Corey was talking to me a year earlier. 
And I was just like, oh yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. And just like clueless. And I feel like today, having been uh, 18 months on the other side of, of having a mentor kind of guide me and show me, I feel pretty comfortable now. I feel like I can, I can sit and have a conversation with other elite people about certain aspects of our business and stuff. And, and it has come with just walking through the fear of learning it and stuff. So when I compare myself to 18 months ago, to where I am today, or even yesterday, last week, it's like, okay, I do see the growth and stuff. But still, when I get next to a, you know, somebody who's a Nick Roach and a, you know, who have done some pretty amazing things with growing their business, it's, it can be a little bit, uh, um, I don't know the word, I don't want to say menacing or daunting. Those are bad. Intimidating. Intimidating. Thank you, Corey. That's why we make a great team, man. I pulled out my thesaurus just for that one. Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah, it's good. Who's next? Well, uh, um, okay. Well, I'll just share a little bit of of my experience. Um, So, of course, when I came into this, I kind of had a background in in prints and other types of design. And I had just graduated from college. So I definitely felt some insecurities, but I I had more of a fear of um, misrepresenting myself. So even when I started uh, actually taking money, because I did a lot of pro bono stuff when I started, but even when I started taking money, I would always make sure to let them know, like, hey, I'm kind of new at this. You know, there's, I'm, I'm not a pro at some things. And then, you know, when you get into it and you're like, oh, crap, there's SEO. And then there's the marketing. There's, blah, blah, blah. there's a lot more than what you realize when you get into it. And um, so I don't know. I guess I've kind of tried to avoid it as much as I can by being as upfront as I can with my clients. Um, and also, it kind of helps that I'm just, I'm pretty cocky anyway, so I don't too fall too much into, into <laughs> anyway, but, but I, I, I know, you know, there's, there's some times I've definitely felt like, hmm, you know, that's, I could do better or, or whatever, but, but I don't know. Yeah, I just try to, I've always tried to just be real upfront with my skills and what, and, and what I can't do too. So I don't know, that's helped me deal with it. I, I do want to say that, um, you know, we have a very important question from one of our viewers right here. We don't normally field a lot of questions, but they want to know where Tammy and Corey's awesome glasses are. And I agree with them. Where are you? Awesome <laughs> I, brought mine, I brought mine in PE class today. Oh, yeah, we are all mostly wearing glasses. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead, Jerry. I know you were about to talk. Go, Jerry. Go. <laughs> So I was going to just jump in and say, you know, I, I'd never heard of the phrase uh, imposter syndrome until uh, we started talking about it in preparation for this episode. And uh, I started to look it up and I was like, holy cow, I'm like exhibit A, you know, for, <laughs> for this whole concept. Uh, I, I know the feelings, even if I don't know the phrase. Uh, yeah. And as I was thinking about it, you know, there's, there's kind of like a lot of aspects to it. It's kind of a huge subject, really, because uh, you can you know, look at some of it from a personality uh, subject, you know, and there's, there's a lot there as far as different kinds of personalities and how that plays into it. Then I would say there's another aspect, which is also psychology, um, where there's mind games going on and things, you know, that your history and stuff that like, you know, adds on to perhaps, you know, other personality things and, you know, makes it even worse. And then like for myself, the way I was thinking about it, I have, you know, both of those going on, but then also I have kind of the, the rookie kind of aspect to it where there is a legitimate season, even for the, you know, most genius person in the world that you just don't know because you lack experience. And um, I, I'm celebrating two years right now in the web business. And so uh, I still, you know, I look at that and I go, man, you know, I'm just, I'm just learning. I'm learning every week, every day. I'm learning every new project, every project I'm learning. And so there's a legitimate season of not knowing and those feelings come with that. Um, But then the challenge I think is not allowing those feelings to just dominate your life where, okay, I'm a rookie. I've got, you know, messed up psychology. I've got this quirky personality, so I'm not going to do anything. You know, I'm just going to live in a closet and that's the temptation. (laughs) But uh, I think it's a battle that you know, we face on multiple levels. Yeah. I was going to say it's bottom line. It's an emotion. It's not, it's not a, it's not a flawed character, character trade. It's not like a, a decision or anything. It's an emotion and emotions are, are what drive us and guide us through life. So just, you know, kind of, kind of feel it, feel it, go with it. And uh, you know, it's, it, it's, it's not something that anybody should feel guilty for. It's just, you know, how, how we're wired, you know, as, as people. So 
That's I think I in, in some ways starting a business for me was the best thing I could have done for imposter syndrome because it forced me to have to face those feelings because I think before starting a business, if I felt uncomfortable, I just wouldn't do something. Like I would just back out of whatever it was going to be or I'd, I'd think about like learning to draw and then I'd like try it a bit and I'd be like, no, I'm not very good at this. So I'd just like stop, right? Um, whereas with starting a business, I would get myself in this position where I'm an okay salesperson. So I would go to a sales meeting with someone and I would sell myself into some job where I would just kind of fake it a little bit till I made it and I'd get this job and I'd feel completely out of my depth. But people were paying me money and all of a sudden I had my business's reputation on the line, I had my family's income on the line and I had to push through it. Like I had no choice but to achieve what I said I was going to achieve. And in some ways for me starting a business has made me have to push through those feelings where in the past I maybe would have just gone, oh, well, it was a nice idea making <laughs> websites, but, you know, that's for someone else. I just go to get a job in admin, um, which I would have been fine with doing well, see, and comfortable with. You're kind of mentioning something that kind of happened to me. Like I kind of, you know, I got into the whole web build and I was doing that for, I don't know, I guess like the first two years or maybe three. And then in that time I realized um, I don't really like doing all the build stuff. I just like doing the front end stuff. So I did pivot my business and that's when I got into the more white label and just design. So I no longer have it as a service to do builds. So, you know, like you're saying, you just push through it and, and did what I did kind of the opposite. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to drop that. I'm going to do what I want to do and what makes me happy. And I don't want to learn all that stuff. I realized it was fun and it was a good learning experience. And I'm glad that I know what I do know now, but um, it helped me, you know, home <laughs> kind of focus yeah. where I did want to go and that's the difference right like working out what scares me and feels out of my comfort zone but I really want to do it like right. it's my passion I want to do right. it but I'm freaking scared and I feel like everyone's better than me and oh my gosh like I don't know how to do this and everyone's got it to do together and then there's the like I just don't actually want to do this like it's not just that it's a little bit out of my comfort zone or actually, no, this isn't my thing. Like, and that's okay. Like it's, you don't have to do everything. Like you don't have to be everything to everybody. And that's okay to like hone in and even yeah. to like specialize in one particular area. If that's what you love to do, then you can push yourself in that area too, because you're never going to be an expert at everything. So you can still be pushing yourself no matter which direction. But I think there's a difference between realizing I just actually don't want to do it or I really want to do it, but I'm so freaking right. scared and I feel out of my depth, but I'm going to push through because I really want to do this thing. I've been sitting here nice. waiting for a few minutes and that's kind of my question, <laughs> which you've kind of touched on that I've been thinking about, which is what can you do to overcome this feeling? What are some of the things you guys have done um, to, you know, persevere walk through you know to kind of to kind of keep moving forward and stuff tim wanted to say something go first tim well i was going to say as an answer to that question um i guess a way to overcome it is to believe your own delusions um <laughs> as i was I, i've been sitting here listening um and i'm trying to think like i haven't felt the imposter syndrome it, it's either been a really long time or, or not much at all. And I'm trying to figure out why, because I'm not like growing up, I haven't been like this, you know, abundance of self-confidence by any means. Um, and so I, I don't know if part of it is because I grew up with my dad being a graphic design, like when graphic design was like a brand new thing. And so seeing him being, you know, a freelancer and, you know, kind of watching that, you know, th those levels of uncertainty and, you know, feast and famine and stuff. Um, so I don't know if that's part of it. Also, I, I, I've been wanting to be a business owner um, since college and I studied entrepreneurship. So I knew it was something I wanted to do for a long time. And so um, I don't know if that plays into it as well. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't really know. I, I, I guess I don't really know what I'm trying to say, but I haven't really struggled with that at least for a while. Um, and yeah, I don't know what it is. I mean, maybe I'm just a little delusional. And so <laughs> Like Leslie said, Tim has a crazy guy that he does a podcast with every day that <laughs> forces him to go into his uncomfortable zone. Yeah. I, yeah. I have a, I have a thing. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. 
Oh, I was just going to say, like, I my first job out of college, I was doing sales. And like, at this point, I definitely do remember sort of that imposter syndrome, because I was like fresh out of college. And I was uh, doing sales selling, um, like it was like a hosted website platform for mortgage loan officers. And so I was calling these people, you know, business owners, and I felt so unqualified to be like, even talking to them, like they own their own business. And you know, like, they're doing really well. And I'm like some, you know, kid trying to sell them something. And I think that was actually a really good like growth point because like there, in, in my opinion, there's not much harder than calling someone out of the blue who doesn't know who you are or your company is and like getting them from almost hanging up on you to, you know, eventually by the second, third or fourth call, giving you money over the phone. And so like forcing myself to go through that, I think was a big growth because it was almost like, um, you know, kind of like facing your fears. And um, so I think that I don't know, like after doing that, like other stuff doesn't seem nearly as scary, I guess. Nathan? Uh, that actually touches a little bit on what I was gonna say. I have a couple of tips that I apply to myself, because, you know, like some of you said, the imposter syndrome for some of us doesn't really ever go away completely or that it's always like waiting to settle back in. Yeah. Um, but a few things that I feel like have helped over the years are first of all, just failing really hard a couple of times and realizing <laughs> that it's not that bad um, yeah. can actually help a lot, you know, cause then you're like, Oh, well I've been in the bad end. Like I've messed up royally and life goes on, you know, like I'm still here, I'm still doing stuff. So that was, you know, doing that early on in my career, like basically failing big as early as possible helped me see like kind of a bookend experience. Like here's the worst that would happen if this goes really bad. And that also gave me, um, those failures also helped me gauge where my skill boundaries are. Um, and so my other tip is I have this kind of rule for myself that if I'm going to take on something new, um, 80%, I mean, and how do you measure this? It's really hard, but I always say in my head, 80% of this thing that I'm going to try needs to be within my current competencies. Like at most I need to like to complete this task, new stuff should only be like 20% of this thing. And that's been a good rule of thumb for me. I mean, obviously there's no tried and true way to measure that. You just have to estimate. But um, when I stick to that rule, I tend to, it tends to be manageable for me. I tend to be able to meet those challenges and, um, and that over time, you, you do that enough times, you start to get confidence that, you know, when you are feeling inadequate or you are feeling like, well, I'm not, you know, living up to the highest potential of, you know, the task or the job I'm at right now, that it's within your ability to, to grow 20% in a set amount of time. Nathan, you said something that, um, that totally resonates with me because I think um, for me personally in my life, I've made a lot of bad choices and I've definitely fallen on my ass a lot of times. Um, <laughs> And so maybe that, you know, I, but I don't mind it. Like at this point, I'm like, I, I'm not afraid of failure. Like I'll get up and I'll try something else. Cause from experience, it's okay. Like you said, everything's going to be okay. And I, you know, I normally, it, it makes me come out stronger. Um, so, you know, maybe that's, you know, like you said, stuff that happens in life kind of carries over. So when it comes to business, I'm, I'm okay with risks. I'm okay with trying stuff that might flop. Um, so yeah, maybe that, that kind of helps me, I guess, when I didn't really know it and getting over that whole imposter syndrome thing. Yeah, what you said, Nathan, really hit home for me too about failing, failing hard because definitely done that. And yeah, when you do that, you're like, okay, well, now I know right. what failure <laughs> feels like. So that sucks, <laughs> but not, I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> try not to do that again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still just sitting with the thought that Tim was a telemarketer at one time. Right? <laughs> hey, it was business I to business. We didn't call people at I mean, My family's eating dinner right now. <laughs> <laughs> I did it for one day. There's, okay. there's a, a question that I asked myself my entire adult life since I was 23 years old, everything that I've done in my life. So um, I always pose this question. Am I willing to suffer the consequences for what I'm about to do, for my decisions, good, bad? And I always ask myself that question, and I think about worst-case scenarios. What's the worst thing that could happen? You know, what's the best thing that could happen? Um, I'm like Leslie. I've, I've, I've made some not-so-smart choices in my adult life. And the truth is, is that I ask myself on those questions, too. And I've been willing to suffer the consequences for even some of the not-so-smart yeah. Thing. because 
I just wanted to do them. You know what I'm I saying? I want to have fun. <laughs> yeah, I want to. I wanted to have fun or whatever the, whatever it was. So, I find that for me that has served me very well. You know, if I'm willing to suffer the consequences for my decisions or actions, whatever it is that I'm going to do, I have found in my life that no matter what happens, even the bad stuff, when it flops, I'm okay. You know, it's when I'm not willing to suffer the consequences and it flops when I'm really, when I really struggle and have a hard time and stuff. So that's one thing that I do or have done. I think for some, the imposter syndrome could be a little irrational. I think I've experienced every aspect of it from, oh, okay, I'm feeling like an imposter, but I I recognize that probably 80% of people out there feel that way and it's normal to, okay, uh, I've done what you've done, David, where I think, okay, what's the worst case scenario? But sometimes in in your emotional state, that uh, worst case is completely irrational. (laughs) Right? Mm -hmm. So I don't know if any of you all have uh, experienced that, but for me, um, some of the earliest experiences I've had with uh, imposter syndrome, I got into the web uh, development business back in like the mid nineties. And at that time, the only way you can get business was to go to like local chamber of commerce meetings and network market, uh, networking and such. And that is really not my cup of tea. So (laughs) yeah, I mean, I mean, either. (laughs) yeah even though I forced myself to come so this is one of those things that I've kind of forced myself to do I never really quite caught on with that so I learned that that's one of those things that I'm not going to do so um, I I do want to say something here that caught my eye in the in the chat and um, RJ 2018 ACC um, (laughs) said that uh, because of this imposter syndrome he feels like he's uh, charged less than that he should be charging. And I think we've all kind of experienced that, you know, a client comes to us, they tell us they have uh, a project at, you know, out for bid to maybe several other designers or or developers. And that mentality can really can cause you to charge way less than you, than you probably deserve. Um, So it's hard to not compare yourself to your peers. um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, And that's just like, okay, I better bid this low because I'm probably not the most qualified developer out there and um yeah so that's one of the real actual consequences of besides just feeling nervous or something like that it can cause you to um, not grow your business as quickly as as you should be i actually wrote a blog post a while back about this exact well it ended up in a roundabout way being about this topic It, it wasn't at all about it but i think the comment section bears it out um so the the post was called a general pricing guide for wordpress projects And all of the comments were like all over the place between people saying like, you know, you're not a real developer if you do this or you're not. And it was all about like, you're charging way too much or you're not charging enough. And it's really interesting to see that, that uh, conversation unfold. And it's funny how often people's revenue or the, what they are able to earn is connected to this, this phenomenon of, you know, how they feel about themselves and and the, the worth of the things that they're doing, the value of the work that they're doing. Um, my personal take on it would be find out what the industry standard is and charge that for the things that you are competent in. And if you need more money or more like a a broader project scope, then gain those skills like one at a time as you can. Cause like, you know, nobody wants to have a person that they hire a service provider, you know, promise the moon and then, you know, fail miserably at that and give them just something very small, uh, like a very small reward at the end. What they really want is someone to give the, tell them what they can do and then over deliver or give them higher quality than they imagine. If you don't promise more than you're competent in, but you charge a fair or industry standard rate, or maybe even a little bit above and you over deliver, you're never going to disappoint a client. Yeah. And there's the, Oh, go ahead, sir. Uh, often what they're paying for is confidence like so sometimes you have to fake it in that moment even if you're not 100% sure and maybe you have to outsource some of the work to achieve what you have promised so you do need Mm. to deliver what you promise but um, often what clients want is they just want confidence so if you go into a meeting feeling all tentative or saying then that's when they're not going to feel confident in you but if you can try and somehow put those feelings aside and in your mind think well what can I achieve 
let's be confident in, in that. Often they'll be willing to pay more for that confidence, even if it's just perceived confidence and you go home and fall in a heap and then put yourself <laughs> back together and get you back together and just do it. Like yeah. that they just want to see the confident part of you and then you need to manage your internal world. If, if you can somehow separate the two of those, then they will be willing to pay more because they just want to trust. They, they don't know anything about web. And so most of the time they just want to feel like they've got someone who knows what they're talking about. So part of our job is to at least come across to our clients like we feel confident. But at the same time, like Nathan says, I think it's really important not to put yourself way too far beyond yourself because the amount of clients that come to me that say, I had this horrible experience. Mm-hmm. They promised the moon and I got this horrible thing that I can't update myself and I can't do anything with it. And it looks awful on mobile. Like clients don't want that either. So you have to find your balance between what's unrealistic emotion that you can just put aside for the moment. And what's realistic, like, actually, I can't do that. I'm not the right person for this job. I'm going to pass this on to someone else, or I'm going to charge cheaper so that I can learn on the job. Sorry, Jerry, you go. Oh, no, that's cool. Yeah, I think we're, we're in the same mindset. You know, that there's that saying, you know, fake it till you make it. And, you know, there's a balance to that because you don't want to. <laughs> well, it's really important for I, I, some I, of us who need to fake it uh, because otherwise yeah. we'll just talk ourselves out of doing anything. And so, you know, so there's that aspect so that you just, you know, you do something, you don't, you know, even though you don't know everything. Uh, but being open and honest with clients about that, of course, is important. But but then, uh, you know, the other side of that is, you know, some people really take that like literally and then they're like promising the moon and, yeah. you know. And then going uh, to a Facebook group, how do I build this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's kind of like the the other uh, like extreme of that idea. And, and I saw an article recently. Um, it was like a code of conduct for WordPress developers. And uh, there's a lot of detail in there, but it was talking about, you know, the many different experiences that like end customers have with WordPress developers because, you know, there's, there's great variety, but, but all of them kind of promise all of these great things and, you know, not all of them can live up to, to those promises. And so, yeah, there is that balance. And, and I think one of the things, you know, for me, uh, I always go back to that old saying, know thyself, you know, that, that you kind of need to learn uh as as Corey said, you know, it is an emotional thing. And so it, it might be uncomfortable for a lot of people, but you kind of need to like do the homework of, okay, why do I feel this way? And really kind of get to know, like, is this, you know, realistic and and think about what's, what's motivating you to feel that way? What's, what's the issues there? Um, and, and not so much that then you always avoid that, but, but then you're better equipped to be able to handle those feelings and, and then kind of make a, a, an informed decision on how to deal with them. So, you know, as uh, I think Tammy was saying, it was irrational fear. You know, sometimes it is, it's irrational fear. Sometimes it's legitimate fear and you should be afraid. That doesn't mean you shouldn't do it, but, you know, there's a healthy fear involved as well. So, you know, there's balance to all these things, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. I think it, it makes you, it forces you to test your own scruples like it forces you to look at yourself and be like okay what am I willing to bend the truth on here um you know and that's I mean that's that's how it was for me because like I said I have a fear of feeling misrepresented so if I have to charge less because I don't know that that much that's my problem I need to learn more um Mm. so I don't know that's kind of my take on it Man, I'm feeling a little imposter syndrome right now because you guys are sounding awesome. <laughs> Everything that's coming out of your mouth is we like awesome. legit, like super awesome. If not, I have a really good joke if nobody else is dying to talk. <laughs> oh, I've got it a few has, more. I don't think we there's need to a, there. There's a point to it and it, and it, and it goes with the episode. it's my my favorite it's my favorite joke on worry and a father takes his son to a a, a inspirational speaker conference for the weekend and they listen to a bunch of speakers and after the conference ends the father looks to the son and he asks him he said so son he said after listening to all these speakers this weekend what's your big takeaway what's the most important thing you learned from this conference and the son thinks about it and he looks and he says, well, dad, he says, you remember that last speaker, the one that talked about worrying? He said, 95% of everything that you worry about 
doesn't happen. Worrying works. <laughs> there you go. That's my joke. Okay, so a priest, a rabbi, and a WordPress developer walk into a <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Where's my drum kit when I need it? <laughs> well, I mean, it, to uh, me, it's the same thing. It's like, you know, you, you're going to worry yourself to death and stuff. Yeah. A lot of things that you worry about just are really never going to happen and stuff. So That's true. Can, Tammy you, talked about that a little bit earlier. Um, yeah. Well, she touched on how, like, you know, there's things that she was panicking about and or that she would get worried about. And I, when she was talking earlier, it made me think of something very similar to what your joke was about is the, uh, I call it narrative thinking because I have to tie stories into everything. Uh, but uh, basically like we think in stories, we think in narrative. And so when we're in a current situation and we have a few pieces of data to go off of, like, you know, I have anxiety about this project my client just sent me a question or they're unsure. I'm sensing some unconfidence from them about the project. Then I might start to tell a story about what the next several steps are going to be like. And it could start to spiral down into like a negative story about, well, then this is going to happen and that's going to be horrible. And then that'll trigger this and that'll be even more horrible. And oftentimes it's that 10th step removed. That is the thing that's striking like the most fear and anxiety into us but that's so far removed from reality. Like what's happening in actuality is just that like your client had a question and all you gotta do is answer it. But instead you're, you're, you're reacting with the emotional strength of like the, the horrible thing at the climax of your terrible story that you just told yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I've done that. I've, I've gone, my brain has gone away and we're not even there yet. (laughs) The other day, my client said to me, like, we were pretty close to the end of the project. And I said, you know, are you happy to go live? And he was like, well, why don't you just stop past the office and we'll just go through it? And in my mind, I'm thinking, he is going to tell me he hates it. And that there's all these things and it's going to be horrible. And I turn up and he says, I haven't actually looked at it yet. Let's just, (laughs) (laughs) like, it's great. And I was like, oh my gosh. I was like expecting, I was like preparing for this meeting in case it was going to be horrible. Hey, it was fine. Hey, and he that's loved worrying, it. worrying works. <laughs> it was ridiculous, right? <laughs> I was thinking one avenue we haven't really talked about is the avenue of comparing yourself to other people in terms of like we sur- we're surrounded by, I guess, a lot of Divi developers, but web developers in general. Um, and it's really hard not to look at other people's work and think, oh, they're so much more creative than me or their, their CSS is so much more tweaked than mine or, you know, you just see something and you just think, wow, like their stuff is just so much better than mine. I think it's really hard to, it's really important to surround yourself by people who are better than you or who inspire you. I think that's a really important part of growth. But I think it's also, there's this challenge of being surrounded by people who are amazing in that it can be really hard not to let that make you feel small and make you feel like, you, you just don't measure up or like, why am I hanging out with these people who are like growing their business to, you know, having 20 or 30 staff, David Blackman, or like Boom. Being, being around people who are like <laughs> super, like making these amazing designs and just feeling like, I just feel so far out of my depth. I think there's a, there, there's an area of uh, imposter syndrome that lives there of just, how do you find the balance between being around people who are amazing and not just feeling completely crap about yourself because all these amazing people are there? But if you can somehow find a balance in between it, it can push you to grow and it can push you to go, I really could tweak my CSS a bit further than I do. Or I really could work on like maybe do another online course to learn a few things to grow and use it as an inspiration rather than a, well, I'm I'm just going to keep myself small and start charging less because they're way more amazing than me. Do you guys have thoughts on that? I think it, it's a perspective thing. Um, Cause you could look at it and be like, you know, ah, what was me? I'm not, you know, as good as they are. But if you kind of shift that perspective to be like, wow, like I need, I have some catching up to do, you know, I need, you know, let it light a fire underneath you to sharpen your skills, you know, and be like, wow, they're really thinking outside the box with that design. Like, you know, I need to, you know, push myself to, to get to that level. And, um, and so I think if you kind of shift the perspective into that mindset, that way of thinking, then, um, 
you know, it's not so much like self-doubt, you know, comparing yourself, but like, it's like that healthy competition. Um, and I know like with, uh, David and Corey, uh, you know, cause I talked to David daily with our podcast and everything. Um, you know, we, we share a lot about like our businesses on the product side and everything. And so like, he'll, he'll, you know, we're very open with each other and he'll tell me like revenue numbers. I'm like, Oh man, I gotta, I gotta get there. Like, you know, like, you know, it, it pumps me out. You're not like, catching up, Tim. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's what you think. <laughs> and so, yeah, it kind of lights up. He was like, I gotta start saying fake numbers. <laughs> So anyways, I don't know, like, I, I feel like that's easier said than done. Cause sometimes it's hard to like, you know, do that mind shift, but yeah. Yeah. I, I had someone give me a really good, um, their, their version of that. It was a former boss of mine. Um, he, he was a, he's a famous designer. Uh, I don't want to name drop him, but he's a really successful designer. And someone was asking him like, well, how do you, you know, when you were starting, how did you like manage comparing yourself to these other great designers and how can people today who are in your field compare themselves to you and how do they, you know, get up the motivation to keep doing what they do when they feel like that's so out of their depth. And he said, uh, he's like, the one thing I do is I, I just try to be happy for other people. Like I don't treat other people's success as taking something away from me. And I think a lot of times that contributes to that feeling of, um, the negative comparison. Um, instead, if you can look at somebody and, and just be like, man, that's, congratulations that's amazing like and then learn from them chances are you'll grow but if you get so competitive to the point where you're 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 like keeping secrets from them or assuming that they don't want to share with you or whatever then you're cutting yourself off from the source of the growth that you want to achieve so i think being happy for other people congratulating them and then being open to learn from them is ultimately way more successful than or way more likely to be successful than you know just saying like, oh, I'm going to go off, you know, and be solitary monk and absorb all this information and come back bigger and better than ever. You know, like that doesn't tend to work for most people. I like that. I like that because, and it also kind of speaks to how I think most of us, or not all of us is about that co-opetition kind of idea. Because mm-hmm. what, I mean, you, you, it's better to bring yourself and your group around you up, you know, than try to um, just compete because you know it's not really necessary it's like when I see um, a lot of discussions get started in Facebook groups or whatever um, and I don't know there it's you can you can just kind of see the tension there and the animosity but there's plenty of clients to go around you know mm-hmm. you don't really have to be fighting for the clients <laughs> yeah I, I think for the most part the Divi community is really good about supporting each other and being happy but yeah you know from time to time and, and it's it, anywhere you're going to see those people that are just negative and for some reason like to make other other people feel bad i, I guess but uh yeah the divi community in general t- to me kind of stands out for being like you know a community that helps empower each other for the most part which is cool yeah the divi community is special you know i I'm, i mean wordpress is very special but the divi community is very special it's a um it, it is massive it's huge it's um it's awesome if you're watching this, you're probably a Divi liker. So we're glad you're here. I often I hear think- people um, comparing themselves when they're first starting out, like they're, they're new, but they're comparing themselves to people who've been doing it for years and years and years. Yeah. And like a lot of people will talk to me about my prices or like, how do I get so many clients or, you know, like asking me those kind of questions, but what they're not taking into consideration. I think sometimes it's about that perspective, like stopping and stepping back and saying, well, I'm just starting out. Like, you know, I'm brand new. Of course, I'm not going to have clients knocking at my door all the time or just finding me on Google or like there's something about being inspired by people who are further in the journey, but also acknowledging the fact that they are further in the journey and that's okay. It's okay for someone to be a year ahead of you or two years ahead of you. You don't have to hurry up to like catch up to them. It's okay to be where you are in your journey and see what they're doing two or three years further down the track than you and be inspired and think, wow, imagine where I can be two or three years further down the track. But that doesn't mean you have to feel like, well, you're crap because you're not where they are. They've had more time in the game to be able to get where they're at. um, And that's okay too. So I think sometimes just being realistic about who you're comparing yourself to and is it realistic to expect that you should be exactly where they are right now? Maybe not, but you can use that as inspiration to, for where you're heading to. I think the, a couple of things, both what Sarah and Tim were talking about, um, 
I think surrounding yourself with people like I say this all the time, you know, I I'm surrounded by people a whole heck of a lot smarter than me. Um, they're phenomenal. They're awesome, talented, and, and just each in, in their own individual ways and stuff. I think finding people that you can talk to is important. Having a mentor, having someone that you can bounce ideas off of. I, I go back to Corey Hammond. He's been a really great friend and sounding board, you know, um, because he's been in the online space for a while and stuff. Um, if you can find somebody like that, I highly encourage you to to find your tribe or your your group where you can you know ask questions and hey is this stupid or I'm feeling like a certain way insecure intimidated whatever it is and not be afraid be very comfortable it, it needs to be somebody that you're comfortable with telling them anything you know it's going to be a massive massive help to you and stuff. I thought of something. Um... And I guess I didn't really realize the kind of, it kind of is a sort of imposter syndrome for, for me. Um, when I started, uh, I got a big push from elegant themes because I was featured when I pretty in the six months when I just started my business and they had started their customer spotlight and that was a big boost for me. So I've always thought that luck had a really big factor for me. And I, you know, I read up on some articles about this in, that's one of the big things that when, when you're kind of, when things kind of go your way, that help, that kind of makes you feel like, okay, do I really deserve this? Do I deserve these accolades? Cause I was just kind of in the right spot at the right time. Um, and that's definitely been something I've thought about a lot over the years. I mean, yeah, I, I do think I have talent and, and skill or whatever, but I don't know that I would have the success that I have at year one, two, three, because it had it not been for that exposure. Um, so, you know, that's something that I think people who, who might have got sort of a big break or somewhere, you know, early on or middle on or whenever, um, that can kind of mess with your head a little. And it makes you think like, okay, did I really earn this? Or was that just kind of put in my lap? So that's another way. You earned it, Leslie, what? you earned it. <laughs> yeah. I, I think Elegant Themes help, has helped a lot of people, you know, yeah. mm -hmm. a lot of people on this panel and stuff. They have, um, it's one of the things that I love and it's why I think the Divi community is so passionate is because Nick, Nathan, Elegant Themes, the team, they value the community. They see the value that, that the community brings to Divi, to Elegant Themes and stuff. So they're, you know, why not? You know, I mean, it, it just, it, it's awesome. That whole, you know, environment. We're pushing up on close to an hour now. We have a lot more than we normally do. So Tammy, did you want to say something? Did you want to talk earlier? Oh, no, I'm, I'm good. Okay. Um, I think the gonna... point's been made already. Okay. Um, well, why don't we do this, kind of go through and do start doing our parting thoughts, because I think those might be 10 minutes long, because <laughs> we've got eight, eight people. We do a minute apiece, you know, for, for close to 10 minutes. So does anybody want to start with uh, parting thoughts on this subject? Okay, I'll start. Wonderful. I think uh, if you're dealing with imposter syndrome, one of the one of the best things you can do is, first of all, realize that it's a common feeling. And uh, second is to try to measure your own uh, uh, rate of success or growth over time. And uh, hopefully that should give you some encouragement that you're moving in the right direction and there's no need to feel like an imposter. Awesome advice. Thank you for starting. Who wants to go next? Leslie, you got a big smile up there. I might have to oh, call you. Uh, um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I kind of just want to echo what she said. If, if you're feeling, you know, kind of inadequate or insecure or whatever, we all do at some point. Everybody does. I mean, you're human. Um, I would just say to, I don't know, I'm, I'm just be honest, I guess, as, as, as much as you can when you're when you're getting started and you're getting clients, um, I totally get that, you know, you need to, you, you need to start getting into work to get experience. Um, but I don't know, I've, I've never had anything bad come out of just being honest with my clients, um, you know, telling them, Hey, I'm kind of new at this, or this is not my specialty, but I might, I can find you someone that where it is. Um, so I don't know. I'm just, I'm real big on being honest. Don't, don't be deceitful just to get a job. Boom. <laughs> 
No lying, folks. Don't lie. We're sticking the Leslie Nader on you. <laughs> I can go. Go ahead, Tim. Yeah, I think it helps to be really goal oriented where you're you're focusing on your goals and you know if you have big plans for yourself and what you want to achieve then you you know you put your head down and you you do it and so you kind of rather than being so self-focused and it's almost like you're occupying your mind with something else so that you don't have time to you know feel self-doubt and 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 all of that all the things that come with imposter syndrome um, so yeah. That, and then when you shoot really big and you have really big goals, well, then you can look back and be like, well, I haven't achieved my really big goals yet, but look what I have achieved. And then you kind of get that, that confidence going to where, you know, now those feelings of imposter syndrome, you know, aren't, aren't even creeping up as much anymore. Boom. Awesome. Thanks, Tim. Hmm? Corey, go ahead. Um, I'm just going to kind of reiterate um, what I was talking about earlier and, and use, uh, you know, that imposter syndrome and, and security to kind of drive you and fuel you to the next level. If, if you're somewhere that you don't think you feel 100% secure, then take that as initiative to where, you know, I need to learn this or I need to do this, accomplish uh, A, B, and C to where I'm comfortable at this curve. Um, and then, you know, keep, keep on raising the bar for yourself and, and, you know, just use it as a use it as something to just kind of fuel your development, at, you know, as a person and, and professionally as well. Awesome. Thanks, Corey. Jerry. Go, Jerry. Uh, I'm just enjoying Leslie's dance up there. That's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> She's I'm very sorry, animated. I'm, I'm thinking about food. <laughs> <laughs> nice. She heard ice cream truck outside. <laughs> So uh, my closing thought is, yeah, you're not alone. Um, in fact, I, I want to read this quick quote from uh, Tina Fey. And uh, she says this about the imposter syndrome. She says, the beauty of the imposter syndrome is when you, va is you vacillate between extreme egomania and then a complete fa uh, feeling of I'm a fraud. Oh, my goodness, they're going to find me out. And so, uh, you know, Tina Fey and uh, many others, there's lots of examples, you know, who, who experience those kinds of emotions and things. And so it is uh, something that, that we can't expect, I would say, and, and maybe unless your name is Tim or Dave Blackman, um, then uh, you can kind of expect it. Uh, but but also one of the threads... Delusional, yeah. One of the threads through our conversation was, uh, you know, having friends around us or people around us that we can kind of talk through these things uh, with. And, and I do like that aspect of it. So um, one article I was reading, you know, said, you know, find someone that you could say, I feel like a fraud to, and let, you know what I mean? Be able to kind of just talk through what you're experiencing. In the grocery store. <laughs> In the grocery store. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Anywhere. Uh, but just talking it out, you know, is so helpful. And, and as I talked about earlier, you're like knowing thyself, like it helps you process and helps you kind of figure out why you feel that way and then learn what to do, you know, with those feelings so they don't just cripple you and, you know, cause you to do nothing. So, and then another aspect of that is if you can partner with someone. So, you know, I work with Gino and uh, I, I used to be so like freaked out because Gino is so great at like encouraging and also like, just like, um, uh, I don't want to say overpromising, but sometimes kind of overpromising. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, being involved in projects together it has helped me to do things I would have never even tried to do because I would have been too afraid of failing. And so, You're like, yeah, Jerry I, can do it. Yeah, Jerry can do it. And, and I kept telling him, like, hey, one of these days people are going to expect me to live up to all the hype, you know? And I was like, that really freaked me out for a long time. Well, I probably still does freak me out. But, uh, but so having those kind of friends and connections and working together with people uh, can really help you, you know, with the, the concept as a whole. Awesome. Thank you, Jerry. Sarah. Um, I'm going to bring in one new thought, which is, it was a thing that really helped me, which was that I heard that when men are going for a job and women are going for a job, generally men will see the like description of what's needed and they'll say well I can do 60% of that so I'm going to go for the job whereas women will only tend to go for the job if they think they can tick everything off um, and for me that was really helpful because I think the web world can be a, a quite heavily men dominated um, industry and so in some ways every time I go and meet with a client that's a little bit like going for a job inter interview and I don't think saying I can do 60% therefore I'm just going to go for it is quite the right way to go about it but I also don't think you need to feel like you can do absolutely 100% of it going in before you can say yes I can do this job I think there's somewhere in between that 
So for me, that was really helpful going into um, meetings with clients is saying, I need to feel like I can pretty well pull off most of this job, but it's okay if there's a part of it that I'm feeling nervous about or I'm feeling tentative about. Or maybe when I got to this point where I was pushing my prices out just that little bit further, I think there's something about finding your comfort zone, finding the place where you feel like, yes, I can achieve all these things and just stepping a little bit further outside that and in that place, faking it till you make it. So saying, yeah, I can totally pull that off and being confident with your clients. They just want confidence from you. So, you know, there is a place for you to say just outside where you do feel confident, fake that part. Don't go the 60%. I think that's a bit too far, but you know, there's, there's that place. And for me, I definitely, I don't know whether it is hundred percent a women thing, but for me as a woman, I will tend to feel a little bit more nervous and like I want to um, step back. And that's helped me to feel like, well, I'm just going to push myself out just that little bit further than I feel confident. Um, and that's been really helpful in pushing my business forward. Awesome. Thank you, Sarah. Nathan. Um, yeah, so my, I guess my closing thought on the imposter syndrome would be, you know, if there's things that have helped me and that I would recommend, they would be, um, be honest with yourself about your abilities, commit to always be learning and measure or record your progress. So like one thing that I do, that's really simple is, uh, I have a Mason jar at home and I have a, uh, thing of sticky notes like this next to it and every victory try to write it down on that fold it up put it in there and occasionally i'll just go over and pick one out and go like oh yeah i accomplished that that's cool so if you can find a way to compare yourself to yourself in the past by highlighting or revisiting little victories it's a huge confidence booster it reminds you of how far you've come um and on the inverse of that if you can take the negative tendency that tends to go along with that comparing yourself to others and do the other thing that we talked about which is um celebrate their successes with them and and be humble enough to like follow in 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 their footsteps um you'll find that you can make progress a lot faster when when you learn from people and you celebrate um with them instead of you know see their success as taking away from your own potential um and then very much like what uh uh, Jerry said, um, this is one of Elegant Theme's core values is empowerment. It's, it's baked into Divi itself and into our philosophy behind everything we do. It's find a group of people, find tools, find an environment. In every decision, try to find the circumstances that empower you to reach the farthest, to do the most of, to fulfill the most of your potential. And if you can do those things, yeah, you're going to have self-doubts, but you're always going to be, you know, reminded of the, of how far you've come and you're always going to have people along there and tools with you. That'll help you go uh, just that next step. So. Awesome. Thank you, Nathan. And thank you for coming on as well. Um, my parting thoughts going to be a little bit different angle um, because it's kind of where I've been this year. And I just want to share that, um, you know, from the imposter syndrome, because I've definitely been through, all of the stages, and I'm pretty sure that I'm going to go through them all again at some point, depending on what it is that we tackle in the future. Um, But, you know, when I got into WordPress, I started learning WordPress, and I got to a point for me, for what I wanted to achieve, where my learning kind of stalled, and I kind of plateaued because I was learning the same things. And what I started doing, and I didn't even realize this until the backside, was I started helping people, reaching out, helping people who didn't understand as much as I did where I was at, and my learning got even more. My understanding of, of my learning got, got bigger. And so I think when you're learning something, you go through phases. You get to a point as a student, and the way that you continue to grow is you become a teacher. So if you've been in WordPress for a while and any aspect that you know really well, whether it's development, design, marketing, um, business, getting clients, whatever it is, share that information with people who are learning this skill, who are coming up and stuff. Um, and I'm going to tell you, it's going to shock you at your own learning is going to, it's going to grow. It's going to, it's going to be even better. So I kind of want to challenge the people who may have been in WordPress for a while, who maybe don't, 
suffer from imposter syndrome so much to, you know, I know you're probably given a whole lot back, but if you aren't, come grab, come jump in these Facebook groups, share your knowledge with some of these new people. Um, you know, it's, it, it's going to help you and benefit you greatly. Um, last but not least, seven of these eight amazing, awesome people here will be in Orange County, California this weekend. If you're in the California area, if you're coming to WordCamp Orange County, we're going to be there for our third year in a row. Man, what a tradition. Um, really looking forward to seeing everybody. I got really excited just kind of hanging out with you here on the on the chat. And I'm like, man, in a couple of days, I'm going to be with all these people. It's going to be awesome. So, And if we're not uh, there, we can watch along on social media. What's the hashtag, yeah. Leslie? Hit us up. It's like a reality show. There's going to be cameras all over the uh, Airbnb. Oh, I'm going to be like so heartbroken that I will be like watching that feed like nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> Posting photos and videos. Yeah, what is the, what is the hashtag, Leslie? Uh, I think it's Divi Nation WC. Uh, yeah, sure. I think that's it too. That's what awesome. I was going to say. So we'll go with yeah. that. Hashtag Divi Nation WC. Look forward on social media channels and stuff or go to what's the website uh divi nation what is it <laughs> <laughs> sorry we didn't mean to put you on the spot with your website. I, didn't say, I haven't gone to it in a while <laughs> divi nation does word count yeah. divi nation does, does work does word count yeah like dot Dallas, but, com. I mean, is it a dot com <laughs> it's a dot com it's a dot com okay <laughs> awesome uh, we'll put it in the show notes, but come out and say hi. We'd love to hang with you. We'd love to meet you. I believe we may even have an official meetup if we can figure out where where to have one and stuff. Um, so, yeah, come on out and see us and say hi. Next week, we've got another awesome topic. We're going to be talking about um, the best desktop apps for web developing. So I think that's it. Isn't it it? That's right, right? I saw a red note by it, Leslie, but I'm assuming that's right. Yeah, no, I think that's right, yeah. I was okay. just commenting yeah. that it's just after WordCamp, so some okay. people may be a little bit tired on that day. Um, oh, yeah. But yes, <laughs> and it will be both app, uh, both Mac and PC, I would assume. So don't feel like you yeah. have to be one or the other. You can come yeah. join us. Let me, let, let me see. I don't know where Tim is in my on the YouTube channel. He's right there for me on Zoom. But he and I will be speaking at WordCamp Orange County. Woo woo! So, we're excited. Yeah, we'll, have, we'll have horns and stuff. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, Tim and I put our slides together, and they're awesome. You need to come just see it just for the slides. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. Hey, there is Saturday a, at 2 p.m. Saturday there is a few tickets available, by the way. Uh, I just saw an email from uh, the organizers. So if uh, you didn't sign up to go, but you want to go, and your name is Sarah Oates, uh, it's not too late. You can still get your ticket. Get on a flight. Oh. <laughs> Air, airfare will be nice and cheap. <laughs> all right, everybody. Well, thanks. Have a great week. Can't wait to see all of you guys in a couple of days. And uh, we'll see you next week on Divi Chat. Bye, everybody. Bye. Yes.